else Thanks. is gay and homophobic? Raise your hand. Start your sublight engines. It's time for RuPaul's Padres, a queer Star Wars podcast. And welcome to our Andor Season 1 wrap-up. I'm Noah. My pronouns are he, him. You can find me on social media pretty much everywhere at the Jewish Jedi. And my gender this week is Dedra Miro's Song of the Year for 2022, The Bomb by Florence and the, and the Machine. I, <laughs> I just thought because she got a bit blown up at the end of the season. I, oh. I know Dedra Miro's Spotify wrapped is so fucked up. What's the ship name for Price and and Deidre? If there's a ship name, I would love to know it because it's, I... it's Dice. I'm gonna call it Dice. Dice, interesting. Well, no. Dice. I was thinking. I was thinking last name, first name. So we'd have to. Okay, but uh, Arinda and Deidre. A D. A Deidre. Deidrinda. Uh. Oh. What about what about Mirice? Mirice. It's just rice. Okay, well, I'm trying to have fun with it, Claudia. Sorry. It just sounds like you're saying me, Rice. Me, Rice. Me, Rice. Hello. My name is Mel. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on social media at Melvin Culpa and on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. And my gender this week. Cassie and Andor, that's you as a baby. I can't. (laughs) Would you like to explain that to the class who's not thoroughly online, Mel? Okay, that was Cassie and Andor as a baby. I feel like it was pretty self-explanatory. It's sort of, it's sort of like when you have someone and then you're like, "That's them as a baby." Mm-hmm. I yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it, there is a meme on TikTok. Do yourself a favor and look up. That's you as a baby. He is everything to me. It's a little puppet creature thing. I've been seeing it for the past, I would say, month, and it finally is gaining traction in a real, tangible way. Love it. Yeah, I've also he- been seeing. A- Nothing for a while, and now that it's like picking up, I'm like, yeah, everyone's finally and seeing him. The joke about it too is that people will like do like duet it with either like an old person or a bait or like a small child, and it's like this little puppet, and it's like flying around and doing silly tricks, and they're like, look, that's you as a baby, and the person who's there wants to be like, what? <laughs> huh? So yeah. My name is Ollie. I use any pronouns. You can find me on social media at Ollie Fresh. That's fresh with a PH. And my gender this week is Melshi Cassian Cruel Summer Edit. <gasps> so, no, you're so real for that. You're so, so real if, for that. If, if Inspired. You guys, if you guys haven't seen the <laughs> if you guys haven't seen the Tom Greg Cruel Summer Edit, you're missing do yourself out. A favor. As you're... In Tom and Greg from Succession, everybody. Claudia, if you were to Google Tom Gray's succession, you'd find if you were to Google Tom Gray Cruel Summer Edit, you'd find out pretty quickly where they were from. <laughs> okay. You're not watching this and going, who are these two randos? I really couldn't like to pick them no. out of a crowd. We're sending you guys to do a lot of homework in this episode. You already have to look up you as a baby on TikTok, but now you also need to look up Tom Gray Cruel Summer Edit, because I'm picturing Cassie and where there are no Cassian and Melshi edits. There are, but, but there we could need be more. Where's the Cassian Andor Alien Superstar edit? I, w- I would also say if you're going to watch the Tom Gray Cruel Summer edit, I don't mean you should click on it and then be like, that was funny, click away. I want you to watch it. Mm-hmm. I want and let it resonate with you. Really find. So I'm going to be, when I was watching the penultimate episode of this season, I was like, they're going to kiss on the mouth. And then they didn't. And I was like, why am I watching? Spoilers for succession. Jesus Christ. Noah. No, the penultimate episode of Andor. The show oh. we're talking about. I yeah. thought you meant that you thought Tom and Greg were going to kiss, and I was like, so true. <laughs> well, I mean, I think they are, but that's unrelated to this. <laughs> this is Tom Greg. 
Belshi Cassian parallels. Have so you true. ever have you ever used another human being as a footstool, Mr. Andor? <laughs> Hi, my name is Claudia. You can find me on social media at Claudia says K A L U D I A says. My pronouns are she her. My gender of the week. I mean, it was kind of spoiled by you guys, but it was Cassian and Melshi kiss in the Spanish dub. Um, <laughs> I can't with you. What? I can't stand you. you fuck you. I, I listen, listen. And here's the thing: I watch the Spanish dub, so I know. Okay, I'm great. I'm coming to you live as a Spanish speaker. Okay, so um, this is hey for for people who struggle with figuring out like tone indicators. This is very slash day. This is a joke. Um. It's, unfortunately, it's not. Slash however. J that you're a Spanish speaker? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's something my mother Claudia would say. Claudia gaslighting us live on camera, not <laughs> clickbait. This is you when you were a baby. <laughs> I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on social media at Kawaii Jessio. And my gender this week, which I had been like deeply thinking about what my gender should be this entire time because I did not have a gender but have finally come up with one. Um, my gender this week is, I think Luthen Rail would be Real Shadow Fan 01. Oh, Jess. That would also require people to look up who Real Shadow Fan 01 is. And like, Will you explain um, it to the class? Well, there's... <laughs> Uh, a person on Twitter, also like some TikToks about it too, about <laughs> real shadow fan zero one and how um how I found out about it was that they were like they're like I'm gonna marry Shadow the Hedgehog. But I think now they're getting a divorce from Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh because... shit! Wait, wait. No, I've just realized. They're like I'm not like a big enough fan for like Shadow. Like Shadow's too good for me. Something like that. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that's gonna sound fucking insane. Saw Gerrera is Sonic the Hedgehog to Luthen Rail's shadow. Holy oh, shit. You're you're so right, Explain. though. You're so right. Show your work. Explain to the class. I can't. <laughs> you would just have to know. Who would be um the Tales to Saw's Saw Sonic? Jin! <laughs> are, we, are we kidding? Two tubes is Knuckles. I'm not quite sure who Amy is, honestly. Um Rex! You're so fucking right, Claudia. I was gonna say Rex, but I was just so like, does Sonic right. actually like Amy back? Yes. Okay. If you played cause... Sonic Frontiers, you would know. Okay, because well, it's like, kind of on and off some, again. You never like, really weird... know. In some of the like, what was one of the Sonic cartoons? They made Sonic not well, be as nice to Amy, and I was like, can you be nicer to Amy? To be fair, in a lot of recent Sonic iterations, they did just kind of make him a dick for no reason, but they're bringing it back around. Hashtag not my Sonic. No, literally. Sorry, I can't. That's like me playing Sonic Colors. I'm like, I don't know who you are. Sorry, we need to stop talking about Sonic. I one last thing about Sonic is just I want to know who who would be in the Star Wars universe. Who would um, Biggs the cat? I've been told on Twitter. <laughs> is it them? Someone said, "Wow, he's basically like Big the Cat," and that has lived in my brain for months. I think about Big the Cat way too often. <laughs> I, I mean, just think he's a funny is, little guy. Is is Ezra not kind of froggy coated? <laughs> he's always looking for his his ass. It's like what happened to Froggy? <laughs> like that is what happens to Ezra. <laughs> let's let's talk about Antor. 
So let's start with the good. The show fucked. Yeah, I I would say the show fucked in a lot of ways. I'll be real. I think this is probably my favorite show that has ever come out of Star Wars. And I don't use that lightly because I, I like a lot of Star Wars media. And I think in part that's because I, I feel like for one of, at least for me, the first times, the show actually had an idea of themes it wanted to explore and then actually laid the necessary groundwork to explore them. Um, I loved all the characters, e- even the characters that I'm like, oh, wow, I hope you find all four of your tires flat. I hope that roof of your house caves in. Like, I really enjoyed all of them a lot. Um, and the other thing is, I feel that consistently because star wars is sort of uh i think a variable age range when it makes media for itself um i think often it neglects the fact that like ultimately fascism is actually really scary and bad like often i feel like the empire and what the empire means gets relegated sort of like fun almost like the way that like the inquisitors turn out as villains is almost always we're meant to watch and be like that was really cool like that was kind of badass of them even though they're like evil and this show never really does that um the umpire is like unequivocally bad scary domineering like it was just interesting uh in a way that i i don't often find a lot of media from like this era of star wars to be compelling i found this to be really compelling also the score, I really could listen to it all day. Um, Nicholas Bertel. But his, always. like, oh my God, pussy out for that. Like, yeah, it was really fun from start to finish. Um, I liked a lot of it. I will be watching it again. Yeah, that's like my my big summation. Also, sorry to everyone, but in my political theory class, we're only reading Marx and Fanon right now. So all I wanted to talk about is like, let's discuss philosophy. <laughs> We have discussed Marx and Fanon several times in the past couple episodes, so. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, overall, I, the last couple of, like, sh- like visual pieces of media Star Wars has turned out, I've been like, that was fine. I've rarely been like, that was good. Uh, like, I was watching the finale and I was like, holy shit, basically, which is a rare reaction, I think, for me for this, like, franchise and stuff. So, yeah, and or fucks. That's my, that's my summary, and or fucks. I, I liked what Noah said about how this show clearly had a purpose in mind. This is something that I've been thinking about because I just like think about storytelling a lot is does everything have to have a purpose? I don't think everything has to have, you know, a political message, one might say. But I do believe that there should be a purpose for a piece of media. Now, sometimes if the purpose is we're just here to have a grand old fucking time, that's fine. But at least there's a purpose. And like sometimes like for the Mandalorian, like we're just here to have a grand old time and we're going to do that to the to the wonderful ability. Um, It is when there is literally no purpose that I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I don't understand. And that happens in Star Wars and out of it. And while it was very political in this, like every time that Tony Gilroy talked, he was like, so this is what I wanted to do. And then this is what the steps that I took to do. Do it. That just works with my little neurodivergent mind of like, yes, we must create the thesis and then a five paragraph essay, aka of of the dialogue. But like, uh, it's you know, it's very like everything has a purpose. Everything is you know, everything is there for a reason. Like, it was really refreshing when people asked him questions like in interviews, and he'd be like, yeah, that was we did that on purpose. We did it for the X, Y, and Z. And I was like, and that was very clear from the show. Like, it matched up. It didn't seem like you know 
publicity or something like that. And obviously you don't need interviews from someone to understand a TV show either. And I think from a political perspective, the fact that it was so laser focused, crystal clear. I think I've said this before on the podcast, but like you, you're never going to like convince the people who think that the, you know, the fascism is just okay or whatever, but like it still is incredibly important in whatever you make to be crystal clear for like the people all the way in the back like the stupid people it has to be clear um you know and and it was crystal clear about everything from like you know fascism bad to like hey if people riot in the street that's a good thing it's not oh they're destroying property it's a good thing do i think they will apply that in real life who knows but it was very refreshing to like be so crystal clear about it and also like for them to do that about all kinds of topics like we talked about sexual harassment we talked about like i don't know we talked about a lot of different things um not to say that there aren't bad parts of the show but we'll get there but yeah i just it was very refreshing and i think it's not that i don't see star that happen a lot in star wars i don't see that happen a lot in tv often not to say that there isn't tv that does that right now but yeah yeah i agree i think that something i really appreciated was the clarity that was provided both like in the material itself which, again, was pretty fucking clear. Like, you're not watching that thinking like, oh, well, maybe the Empire has two sides. Like, that's not what is being explained. And it's, you have to stretch yourself to even get into that headspace. So it's very clear on that front. But also outside of it, every single cast member goes out of their way to be like, hey, just as a reminder, like, if you think this, you're a fucking idiot. This cast is so informed and well-spoken, and it's rare that you see an entire cast all consistently have good takes, not only about their characters they're playing, but about what the show is doing, and about how that show applies to the real world. So I thought that was really, really good. Yeah, I liked how, um, I think deliberate is a word that I would use about a lot of, like, the production of the show, but, like, hearing interviews, like you were saying, from, like, the entire cast, basically, um about the messaging and like what they were doing it was just it felt really good to have things be so clear and focused um especially thematically i i really enjoyed that in terms of things that i liked about andor i enjoyed just its overall messages about community and the way that our connections to the people around us are so more important and so more power so much more powerful than um the powers that be want us to think that they are i think that like the entire narrative about ferrix and like how close these people are i feel like this is like one of the pieces of star wars media and it's not not true about other like pieces of visual media in in star wars canon but to me they feel a little not saying disjointed feels hateful because that's not necessarily true i i think that's a good that's a good word i that is a good word. I don't think that's hateful. I think it's a very new. That's very neutral. Continue. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Well, I, I feel at times it can be disjointed. Um, we don't have these larger feelings of community. We kind of get it in Rebels with like Lothal, but this was for like a more adult audience. That same concept reapplied, and I really enjoyed that. And just like the Aldanan, Aldanans, the the people of Aldani, the Aldani, Aldanians, yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, the Aldani. Their sense of community. And then it just juxtaposed by Ferrix and their sense of community. Um, and even the the like the way that Luthen is like, yes, I'm doing all of this work for a community, but yet is not part of one. 
if that makes sense. I feel yeah. like it also says a lot, and that is so interesting. Yeah, I just I fucking loved the show, man. I love that. Um, yeah, the sense of community was really. I I love the idea that the the correct response to fascism is community, um, because I ultimately believe that that is true. Uh, but also, I liked, like, I I guess I wasn't expecting to like Ferrix as much as I did. Like when the show started, I was like, okay, yeah, this is a planet. I feel that. I agree with you insofar as often Star Wars will sort of will sort of like throw a setting at us and then not really explore any of the implications of that setting. But like, for example, it really kind of got me when they were like, yeah, as people of Ferrix, we have like a very specific set of funerary rites and like this is how we do that and this is why it matters. Like there was a comment about Brasso being the one to like lay Marta's brick. And I was like, that's interesting and also emotional insofar as it like it creates um or Marva, I said Marta. I don't know names. Um, I don't know names or faces. I really don't have a brain that functions. But like, yeah, it was just, it really interested me that they took the time to actually orient us in a group of people and then actually make us care about a great number of them. I feel like rarely we get that sense of like people who live together actually know one another <laughs> in Star Wars. And I, I really loved that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I feel like this is very much so in, in not to say opposition, once again, feels hateful. And I feel like I've been shitting on her basically this entire show. Book of Boba Fett. Tatooine felt so, like... Empty. Empty. And then, like, they tried to, like, give it world, right? They tried to, like, have these things. But they felt so unconnected from one another, um, and I think especially that didn't help that the one group of people that they really did focus in on as a community and having like world building and a real true sense of self, they decided to just fridge because that would be easier to explain. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think that th these are so, it's so great to see where we were at the beginning of the year where it was like, oh, look at these little fuckers on their their speeders or whatever to like oh brazos using marvel's brick to beat someone's ass i i will say i don't think it's unfair to compare to book of boba fett because they have this similar idea of community and one show failed while the other succeeded um and it also like even though we've had other shows in the meantime i made a whole thread about obi-wan kenobi for whatever um for instance, um, but I did keep thinking about Book of Boba Fett. I realized it had similar thematic things. And I was like, okay, what made that this one succeed versus the other one? And I know that a lot of people will say, oh, one was cameo central, whatever. I'm like, true. Becoming the Mandalorian halfway through the season didn't help. But it was exactly what Mel said, which is that the the one piece of it where we were like let's explore a community and flush them out not only did they fridge them but they were like okay this is gonna be two episodes of his story and then nothing like we kept saying oh like they're gonna be woven into how he rules as a as a leader and then none of it it didn't even really weave into his care other than his like outfit didn't even like weave in his character that much other than like revenge you know what i mean um and i i also think it's okay when star wars like this is the more political show that show could have leaned even more into like the camp and the stupidness or whatever because that shit was fun the final battles was was fun they could have explored the same ideas with a different tone and done great with it but it wasn't paired with good writing like again we had that conversation of how i was like it's not the directing it was the writing um but and i think it comes back to that purpose idea of like i couldn't tell what the purpose 
for Book of Boba Fett was. They were like, oh, we're trying to give Boba Fett an identity. And it was like, okay, and say what? Um, And it's interesting because Boba Fett is, he hasn't really had that much of a character before this, but he was the original Glub Shido. He was kind of, kind of a blank slate. Yes, a legacy character, but still kind of a blank slate. And Cassian, very much a blank slate. So it's just, it's just, it's interesting to think about. I've just realized as you were saying that, that like Book of Boba Fett, I feel like is more about rugged individualism in a way that it's like, okay, well, he's going to be this. He's going to save us. He is the guy who's going to figure it all out for us because he's Boba Fett, which once again, I love Boba Fett. He's my home dog. Love him to pieces. However, girl, this is not your battle. You don't have a dog in this race. Um, Well, like... (laughs) Cassian is like, I'm in the goddamn trenches. My mom is dead. All my friends are about to die. Ah! I love that you said dog in this race. I'm really obsessed with that. Um, no, but I I do, I think I was reflecting a lot on the Book of Boba Fett, because I'll be honest, not to be a bitter loser or hater, I don't like shows that aren't, I like, I like media to be serious a lot of the times, which I know is like, you know, whatever, stupid, but um I loved the tone of this show like the entire way through and I feel that um one of the big differences is like I I guess I thought about this too in terms of like the tone setting and like how the this universe and the story that it occupies um because when I was thinking about it I was like oh there are not going to be any Jedi in this show or rather in my opinion there shouldn't be and I wondered if their absence would sort of weigh on it in a way um, and it didn't. It wasn't a bug. It was a feature. Like the the absence of the Jedi as a group um, actually really enhanced the story for me, similar to how I like Rogue One a lot, because it's not about like, it's a story about people. And I know that Star Wars is, you know, space wizards and ships and whatever. But like, ultimately, I think Andor is compelling because it chooses to be a story about people and it chooses to be a grounded story about people like there are bricks in Star Wars now, so it's too realistic. For the but listeners, like, for the listeners, that is a reference to hated Star Wars YouTuber Star Wars Theory, who got mad that this show is too realistic because there are things like bricks and screws. So we've all been dunking on him for like weeks now about bricks. Continue, Noah. But uh, but yeah, but I I I like that it chose to be grounded, but it still chose to be Star Wars, and I feel like the tone of it really worked for that. You said something about how you liked Rogue One or you liked this because this was a story about people. And I was thinking about, like, why do I like the High Republic? Because the High Republic is the opposite. The High Republic is all Jedi, but the High Republic succeeds for the same reason because it reminds us that Jedi are people and explores what that means. I agree, yeah. Um, And when you were saying, like, do we feel the absence of the Jedi in this show? And I think the whole point is... And I feel like George Lucas said that he, he when, when George Lucas was talking about how he like tra- did the production design and stuff for the prequel era versus the originals, he was like, the original trilogy era is supposed to be post-apocalyptic. You're supposed to feel like it's a void of color and whatever. And you could really see that in this series. It really understood how that is in the original trilogy. And it's like, no, we're not talking about the Jedi. We're not whatever that, oh, they're gone and whatever. But like, the feeling that there is no more magic left because it has been sucked out was like palpable here. Um, And what does that look like and how are people trying to survive Um, is just very interesting to me. Um, 
I also saw a really interesting analysis that was like, you know, they have this whole idea in Star Wars, obviously, of that, like, the force flows through everyone. And so, like, when we have this idea that this show explores about the power of community, despite the fact that whether they are in a prison, whether they are out anywhere, the Empire tr tries desperately to stop people having something to come together. They always do. It's very similar to, like, the how, you know, that there's always something connecting us, whether it be an actual mystical force or, like, community itself. And they said that vision they showed that because anytime we were in some place that was under the fucking chokehold of of the empire it was colorless it was all black it was all white when we're on coruscant like mon mothma's apartment is mostly white there's only a little bit of color um when we're on ferrix all the color is in their buildings and their community and all that kind of stuff like it is it's literally in the production design and if there's one thing that star wars knows how to do it's motherfucking production design so <laughs> I, um, not to be contentious, but I, when you're talking about like, you know, like the, the sort of the magic's been sapped out of the universe, I actually felt this story was more hopeful because of that insofar as I. Oh, I meant that literally not like, okay. Like, yeah. Not like the Cause, feeling cause I was of like, magic that I, I, I meant just, that literally. I think that there's a sense, at least to me, a lot of the time when the Jedi are placed in this in these stories about revolution and revolutionary contexts, where they sort of feel like a catch-all um, magic solution to a problem that's far bigger than that. It's sort of that whole like post-Empire thing where it's like, yeah, Palps is gone, Ruth Paul is off the set, but the Empire is still there. Um, but I just, I, I don't know. I like the story so much better because it sort of is like the, there is no space wizard. Um, the solution to oppression and the solution to um, systemic violence is community. And you'll find that in people. You won't find that in abstract concepts or even in people like Obi-Wan. I love the Kenobi show. It was really fun. But I just, I was sort of impacted, I think is the right word, by this sense that like, ultimately your resistance to something like the empire to any empire is going to be people it's not going to be waiting for uh, a lightsaber wielding monk and yeah i did say ruth paul uh, <laughs> sorry about that you said something about about waiting for a jedi i did think about like how does it, i always think about how this compares to rebels rebels obviously has jedi in it but the ending battle you know their main jedi he's dead like He's he's dead. Yes, they have Ezra, um, but like he doesn't really. He calls in some whales, but he like doesn't like do much to like they they have done all the work. Like all the regular people have done most of the work, and it's just basically Ezra sacrificing himself, not in like a magical, not magical girl way, but like as a part of this is a a last thing I can do kind of way, um, not like a grand magical kind of thing uh he has a connection with animals that's it. it like he's not whatever but like it, it, it's interesting in rebels how it's like they have that same message of like it's not gonna be the wizard who saves you guys in the end it's not like you know the wizard's gonna be gone and there's you know there's the one kid but he does it as a part of like with everybody else um and i thought it had kind of a similar i why rebels bangs but like it's well, kind mean, of a similar think... idea I think that's what makes the original trilogy so good too is in the end it's not like luke beating palpatine's ass it's luke being like i'm not gonna kill my dad because i fundamentally believe that everyone can change and everyone can be good and darth vader being like oh shit 
you got the vibes. Like, that's the whole, that I think is the biggest thing in Star Wars is like, when you simplify it down, you have this world that's so much different from our own that has so much magic and so much wonder. But the core elements that bring people together is like the people. And it's when people do the right thing. Like that is doing something extremely human is what solves the problems. And I think that's like in some of the weaker parts of Star Wars, you can see that that's not the focus where it's like, oh, the Jedi are going to have this big epic fight. And it's like, oh, that's really cool. But it's not it, like it might be maybe world building. It might be, you know, giving us a really cool visual, but it's not having a deep like emotional punch. I think like that is something that I think if we look at like Attack of the Clones, I, I love Attack of the Clones. It's one of my favorite Star Wars movies, but something is like at the end of that, you know, them fighting Dooku is not this deeply emotional moment. It's still interesting to watch, but it's not, you know, it, it doesn't capture that same charm. I was going to say also he defeats Palpatine, not by like a fun Jedi battle, by like physically throwing him down a chute. He's like, nah, fuck this Guys, guy. Guys, <laughs> has fallen down the stairs. Someone no, get her. Literally. No, um, yeah, I brought up the Kenobi show earlier as a, as a counterexample, but one moment that I, I do think about a lot that Ali sort of alluded, well, maybe accidentally alluded to is like, ultimately the most compelling moment of that show for me is when Obi-Wan is talking to Reva at the end and she's like, have I become him? And he, she's like, he's like, no. Like, you can choose to be better. That was a really interesting moment. Yeah, and I, I, this is something that I would also like to posit, is that perhaps the power of community, like, like I don't think that that is detached from, from magic in a way, if that makes sense. Um, I feel like those You two, get it. I feel like those two things are intrinsically, dis like, intertwined in this universe. Um, and I, same thing with hope and like wonder, um, because like, I, I think specifically from this series, it's best exemplified in the scene with the Aldani looking up at the eye and like seeing like that this, this thing, this is what we are fighting for. This is what we, we care about. This is our culture. Um, and then also like Cassian going up into that shit and being like, we are going to die guys. Like, this is no good. But for some unknown reason, who knows how, they make it through. And I think that that, that is where the, that magic is. And I think that is, like, I, I tend to agree with, you know, like, the idea of, like, I think the Jedi, and I, I think this is just a something sometimes we see in, in narratives, or, or at least, not even in narratives, but how people think about the Jedi is of, as, like, these martyr-like characters who have zero attachment to the world around them no stake in it at least i guess is the, is the right way to put it um which is like exemplified in the prequels they get become so detached from the world that like people could come to resent them for that um but like i, I, don't, I don't know there's just those two things are intrinsically con uh, connected to me i when noah brought up the kenobi series I had a whole thought process on the Kenobi series. Like, do I still like, did I like it? Did I enjoy myself? Yeah. Do I think it was necessary? No. Um, however, Deborah Cho should have been allowed to do something else. Um, you know, and did it have its own limitations? Cause it was with legacy characters, this, things that this show was able to do that that show was not. Absolutely. What was interesting in that show was that it posed some really interesting concepts of especially like community like there are people smuggling the jedi who are of like 
persecuted group because they care about other people because they, they see the Jedi. As, I was like, there were elements posed in that show that were so interesting that could have given us a bigger point about Obi-Wan as a character, about the Jedi, about the Force, the, other than, you know, Obi-Wan v. Vader. Like, if they had taken out the, like, Obi-Wan v. Vader thing at the end, it would have been a far better show. Like, the stuff with Reva, whatever, was interesting also, especially because she's a former Jedi, whatever, because I was like, you know... We've covered quite a lot, even in the movies. Obi-Wan losing, you know, Obi-Wan's relationship with Anakin, whatever. I get that. And recovering from trauma, I get that. And I love the fact that he's also trying to deal with losing Padme, who was also equally as important to him. Amazing. That was great. However, he, he and you know, and he obviously he lost Qui-Gon before, whatever. And there was like, they focused on the blame he had. But like, he lost his whole culture. He lost his culture. He lost his community. He lost the, his peers. He lost his mentors. He lost, he didn't just lose his family, like Ahsoka and Anakin and that kind of thing. He lost his culture. And when he connects with Reva, he sees someone who is lost in his culture just like her. And I was like, it could have focused far more on something like that. Because, and that's how this show succeeded was like, I, I, when this show was announced, when Andor was announced, I thought, like, the stuff on Ferrix and, like, his backstory, I thought that was going to take up, like, maybe two episodes, and then they'd leave. I had no idea how central it would be to the whole thing, you know, because that's what happens with a hero's journey kind of story. They leave home, you know what I mean? Um, this is like if, you know, Luke Skywalker came back to Tatooine a couple times, uh, you know what I mean? Um, so, I, you know, it, it's, it almost, <sighs> this show sucks because... It's raised my bar so in, infinitely high. And I'm like, stop it. You you can't you can't have good writing and politics and lesbians. Stop it. So speaking of critiques, um, I know that because well, because we have I love a lot of things about the show, but obviously, in order to be critical consumers of media, there are obviously aspects of it that I think are worthy of criticism. Um one of those do we want to talk about the queer representation do we want to like discuss and like talk about that yeah I would love to um something that I think about the show I first and foremost I want to say shout out to Tony Giroi shout out to the writers and to the producers of the show for saying we are going to make an effort to put queer characters in yeah um, and it is funny because hearing them talk about it and being like yeah there's really no resistance does make you realize that maybe it's not the studio, maybe it's the individual showrunner. So, Cowboy Hat, I am looking at you. So, we'll and see John what Favreau. happens there. Yeah, that is true. Also, yeah, the I'm looking at you, bitches. Uh, your move. But that being said, um, I think that first and foremost, shout out. Um, and also, shout out to the cast and everyone involved. It's a very slay. The thing that I think about them about Valencinta, just to clarify. <laughs> We're talking about Valencinta, the gay, the lesbian. Cassian and Melshi! Sadly, not this time. Um, I think that something that is really good about them is that they were there, and it was made quite explicit. It wasn't like a left up to interpretation, are they or aren't they? Um, I will say, I am not the kind of person who's like, oh, well, it doesn't mean anything if they don't kiss or whatever. But my worry is that people who are watching this show who aren't who who are just like straight people who have no context for it are gonna watch that and be like oh they're really good friends because that's what everyone does when two women have a very like close connection with each other people are always like oh they're just friends but like it's clear that they're not like it's clear that there's more going on there but i do wish there had been some sort of more explicit confirmation 
or explicit like show of romance so that people watching couldn't have the excuse to be like, oh, I just didn't get it, or oh, that wasn't there. And, you know, the question is how much of that comes from the produ the production itself and how much of that comes from the studio, because, you know, Tony Gilroy says, oh, there was no pressure at all. Who knows what's actually really true? So, you know, I, I think that it, it kind of, it was amazing that it was there. I just think it could have gone farther, and I'm hoping that when season two comes, we will see these characters develop their relationship more and we will see more like like more moments of them in explicitly romantic situations. Yeah, like people would be all would be like, oh, like the thing that confirms is like they say I love you and hold hands, whatever. I'm like, you could say that's two friends. Sadly, I think you'd be stupid. But you know what? It'd be? I like thematically, they are very similar to Kanan and Hera. But they're on the two opposite polar ends because Kanan and Hera are the characters who I think every person who watched Rebels was like, wait, they're not married in a romantic relationship until the end. They were like, hold on, was I missing something? Meanwhile, with Val and Cinta, they are supposed to be romantic the whole time. But if you're kind of stupid, like you wouldn't get it. And I don't know if this is a context thing of like because we don't have any other gays, we're like, I need you to beat people over the head with it, kind of like they did with the politics. I think that's what bothers me, is that with the politics, they were so specific. They were like, we're going to say it to you straight in your face. But with the gay shit, they were like, you know, they're gay. Like, you know. I, yeah, I do want to, I do want to point out as, as Ollie did, like the fact that there was a canon queer rep at all in a very, um, like, it's there to be seen way was really cool. I do think, um, yeah, I think because specifically there are two women, the gal pal allegations really do start flying like so fast. Um, but I'm still sort of amazed that that happened at all. I think, here's my thing. I think that when you do representation, it's complicated because if you're too heavy handed, it feels like you don't really get that queer relationships can and must be complex and have like subtlety to them because in the real world they do but i also agree that if they're not heavy-handed enough initially a lot of your audience might be like they are just like super close friends they just like love hanging out so i think it's a fine line to walk and i think for what it's worth it was nice to see the effort was there these are two named characters who are, are both interesting and both get some whole, kind of solid amount of screen time and they got to also be queer in a piece of like in a big piece of media. So I, I want to give credit where it's due. But yeah, that's I think I think it not being necessarily like enough per se is a is a criticism I'm comfortable with levying at it. So actually on that note, I did want to kind of talk about something um vis-a-vis -vis, um like Cinta um as a character because I really enjoyed what we got of Cinta. However, I feel and I feel this about a lot of characters of color in this show. That, like, she was there. I know a few things about her. But, like, everything I know about her was directly told to me and not shown to me. Um, like, that is... And, and that can be said for basically any other character of color in this show. Save for perhaps Cassian and Bix. Um, but, like, those are, like, you know, the main characters of this show. Because, like... I think about, like, Gorn. I think about um, Terramin. I think about... Um, I'm trying to think of other characters. Blevin. Blevin. Like, all of these characters are there, and then, like, like that, either 
are just completely just killed off for shock value and we can talk about the ways that black death was just used for shock value in this show um but i think that something that this show could really improve on is and we talked about this last episode having writers of color do tackling these topics um because to me it is very obvious that the show is written by a white person who has listened to podcasts about historical revolutions um which is no sh- it is a little shady it <laughs> it's you're allowed to be shady to it's Toby. a little shady it's a little shady um to to tony gilroy but like i it's not a bad thing but it can be so much more improved on like this is in in the way that this show has raised my bar exponentially for star wars narratives it still remains if not a little worse than other other narratives about people of color especially specifically because like we started this year out with midnight horizon by daniel jose older my homeboys ram comac the legend themselves, Kandom Sai, like having all of these characters of color who have like these very like complex backstories um, and narratives about them and getting to understand their inner worlds. Well, we also got that for their white, their white counterparts. Also, just like, I don't know, there's it left something to be desired. Um, and I wish that there was just a little bit more complexity in their characters. Um, I feel like in a lot of ways... A lot of characters of color in this show could be replaced with a lamp and the same effect would be there just because the rest of the writing is good it's just like oh guys terramin is a lamp now (laughs) it's crazy what's that lamp doing there that's so weird so yeah yeah i do also i feel the moments some of the moments of characterization we did get for non-white characters uh sort of like rub me the wrong way a little bit like there's a scene where um like val is like like cinta is literally like i am currently in a stakeout i'm trying to like figure out what's going on here and val's like wow nice to see you too and i'm like she's not being cold towards you dude she just has a job like i don't know what to tell you about this and also obviously saw Guerrera is something that is talked to death across most of Star Wars media that he appears in because he's often, I feel, well, given a really shit treatment. And at first I was like, okay, we're slaying. Um, but then he was portrayed as like hyper paranoid and like kind of out of it. I don't know. I just, I didn't love that. I don't know. I'm not sure if that was just me, but like that scene where he's like suddenly accusing Luthen of like betraying him to the ISB. Mm-hmm. I was just like, why him? Why Which, now? To be fair, that is kind of Saw's deal near the end there. It's like I he know. is a deeply paranoid individual. Which like, is like, okay, interesting thing that you've done there, Star Wars, vis-a-vis the Black Revolutionary. Yeah. Um, it's a little weird. It's a little weird, not gonna lie. Because I was watching it and I'm like, yes, this is in character for Saw, but I want to con the question mm-hmm. why it's in character yeah. for him That that is not for others. That's fair. I, I It's not that I'm like, oh, it's fine for Saw or whatever, because I don't agree with that but i also think that the narrative did pin him in a weird place because luthan was like you get to choose who lives and dies saw welcome to your saw trap you little fucker and like that was like okay welcome to my welcome to my luthan trap my luthan trap (laughs) okay traps are over luthan traps are in so true also followed by is luthan rail not a little billy the puppet from saw coded anyways 
He absolutely is. Yeah. He looks like him. He looks like him goofy ass. Anyways. <laughs> Point is, I feel like that is just like, I don't know. For Saw, it, it's a little harder. I feel like if of all of the characters of color in this this show, I think he ended up on a on an okay end of things as opposed to like Gorn. Gorn, justice for Gorn. Really, yeah. I wish he had made it out. That would have been nice. Also, Anyways. justice for Terramin, because I was like, yeah. how many times are you going to fuck over a black stormtrooper? How many times? Oh, so true. Um, yeah. On that note, and I think, Claudia, you were going to talk about this perhaps a little bit. Going back to Black Death in this show. Trigger warning, first of all. Content warning, whatever however you want to call about it. I feel like we're going to talk a little bit about... Um, violence against black people, specifically black men. Um, we, br- we brought this up in the first episode that it yeah. appeared, uh, but yeah. Yeah, it's a little not good that that um, uh, uh, Clem's entire narrative is like, first of all, and we'll unpack this here, I believe, very shortly, kidnapping an indigenous child, and then, and then getting killed by the state. A little in a weird. very in a specific very, way, very specific way that has a very violent historical context here in the real world. Um, if you don't know about lynching, do yourself a favor and learn about it. We're Tony not... Gilroy, and also Tony... and also that 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 specific method is used for a scene that's maybe a handful of seconds long, just entirely for shock value. It's it's weird it's really weird and the thing is like you know you threw shade at tony gilroy earlier for being like he listens to podcasts about historical revolutions which is true um but like it's it's very that of like even a a single person who's educated on the subject could be like hey um i know you want to do this but you need to consider what happens when you put multiple of these ideas together what you get is not good like and also yeah, the fact that the whole let's kidnap an indigenous kid thing fully never came back around um, was so weird. That's a that's a thing I wanted to. It keeps puzzling me because Tony Gilroy in interviews has said that this show was supposed to originally be like, what, four or five seasons and then they cut it down. Right. And he said we had a whole the, the whole backstory of what happened with Cassian on that planet set out but then we didn't have time so we cut it which is like and i it's not just from a representation point of view but also from like a narrative point of view i do feel like that was probably the weakest part of the season because i like i don't think he's gonna like go search for his sister anymore or anything like like all that stuff is like okay we're, we're done but and maybe i'll be wrong with season two or whatever but like it was very like I think also I'm taken aback because with all the marketing, they kept saying this is a migrant story. And then they immediately, I was like, this is the story of a indigenous child being stolen. This is not a migrant story. No, literally, it's a story about trafficking, guys. Also, also because there's been so much Latino discourse with Wakanda Forever, I just want to say Diego Luna is white. Uh, he's a white Mexican. Uh, so there's like that in there. But also the fact that like, Everyone was like, Latino representation. I was like, you've got two Latinos, and that's nobody behind the scenes. None. You've got zero. Except for maybe people in executive leadership at Lucasfilm. Like, when you say this is like a migrant story 
for a Latino character, I am not seeing it. Not to say I didn't like it. And one criticism that I had was that I was like, you know, there are lots of ethnicities where this is important, but like having community be a part of your being a part of your revolution is or just community in general for a Latino character would be very important. Um, so I would hope that if that was in Cassian's story and then when I like saw the cast I remember of the show that was like 90% white people let's just say a lot of these characters could have been replaced with non-white people and there would have been no change instead they chose non-white characters for characters where it did matter and it didn't look good looking at Clem Um, when I saw the white characters I was like well these aren't his family hopefully not I was wrong. His mother's white. Well, he's white. But again, his mother's not Latino. Um, and I was like, oh, like, so we're not gonna, we're just gonna have him, we're not, we're not gonna get into his community. And I was, I was pleasantly surprised that we did. He's just a part of a, a multiracial community, which is, makes sense in Star Wars, like human race doesn't whatever. But then again, I was like, where's the migrant story? This isn't a migrant story at all. Um, this is the story of a kid who went through some, like, traumatic adoption separation plus more as well. And I, and I know that, like, if they had maybe gotten more into, like, the history of it with, like, the Separatists and the Clone Wars and stuff, it might have gotten, like, too Star Wars-y or whatever. But also, I was just like, I think that was just a, it was a major, it's a major weakness of an otherwise phenomenal show. I completely agree. And I, I do think that there is an argument, there is a world where the story about an indigenous child getting kidnapped and being taken across a socially constructed border, which is to say a planet, <laughs> um, is a story about a migrant. Um, but I think that would have required just a little bit more tact than what was given. Um, I think that there could have, I, I think easily what could have happened is that we see like, something about like Cassian's parents being like you need to go with Marva to get out of this place because like it's not safe here whatever and that could have been at least just a touch more like less weird about like a white lady coming in and being like you're my baby now um also it was confusing because like we were trying to parse out like it logically was like wait why did she have to take him I like I was confused Mm mm-hmm for those of you who might not be quite as like informed, the taking and like kidnapping of indigenous children and placing them with white families and forcing them to assimilate is a very real thing that happened yeah. in many places throughout. It's actively like, happening today, like yeah, it's exactly. in the Supreme Court like, today. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it is it is something that's happened throughout history. It is something that is currently happening. So like when people are having a reaction to this and your first response is, well, she saved him. Let's think about what it actually looks like in context. Because I think the narrative of the show itself, like, she did technically save him. Like, I don't think anyone is saying, like, oh, Marva didn't, Marva didn't do it because she thought she was saving him. Like, I don't think anyone is looking at Marva and thinking that she was like, oh, she said, fuck that, I'm taking that kid. Like, it's just a weird way that the narrative comes to it because like ultimately like i think that there's room to debate on it like and we've had it confirmed like everyone allegedly on the planet died so like marva did marva and clem did like save him he would have died otherwise but why was it framed like that 
why did they make it look like that? Like, why was the point? Why did it give it this white savior aspect? Especially with the language thing. We talked exactly. about that initially with the language thing. I thought they were going to explain it later and they didn't. So now mm -hmm. it's even more racist. Yeah, the, and the language thing being like, how come none of the, what the children were saying was translated? Why did it, why was it worked? Why did it exist to alienate them from the viewer? Like, why did the viewer not get to get Cassian's actual POV as a child? So I think that we just need to consider that when people are having discourse about this, it is not even like, oh, is Marva a good character? Is Marva a good person? It's, is, why was this framed like this in this show? And why is it framed to, like, not show later on any of the complexities that that gives Cassian about his relationship with Marva? So yeah. just, just keep that in mind when we talk about it, especially on the internet where nuance can be lost so quickly. No, absolutely. I, I also would like to say to that point, um, I think that this could also have just been like a fine narrative about adoption. Um, ad adoption is an inherently traumatic process um, just by nature of it being something where like you are being you. It's just very traumatic. Um, and I'm not an adopted person, so I can't, you know, speak about that experience. Um, but I, I think that could have been been there and we could have had a little bit more complexity and you know there's always season two we don't know what's going to happen in season two of Cassian being able to both love his mother but also recognize like hey you you took me you took me from my my people my culture my language and then assimilated me into this society and like what does that mean but like also that's not necessarily what the show is about and so that is troubling to me of like I don't, first of all, I don't necessarily know if I want to see that in Star Wars. Like, that is, like, such a serious and deep thing. And not that Star Wars can't be serious, because obviously it can. But, like, that feels like something maybe that a different story can tell better. And a different storyteller. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I do think, too, all of that, it was sort of, it just, it was weird as the show went on to not really hear or see anything about it. Especially because, like, there's some really beautiful scenes near the end about Marva and about like, I think that there's that line where it's like Brasso tells him that she said, I love, love him more than anything he could do wrong. Like, what did he do wrong? No. Like what, what did he do wrong? In, in terms of like, like, like the, what did he do wrong? I think there's just something to be said about the fact that like, there's guilt involved when you leave your parents. I like a personal tea. I moved across the fucking country. Yeah. I felt bad about that. Like, I, I don't know. I think my, my point with that was not like what did Cassie do? My, my point was just like that the nice scenes between them were in some ways sort of tainted a little bit by the whole like, hey, remember this part of the show that we never talked about? Uh, all right. Anyway. Um, but yeah, in terms of like, I think that that's a nice sort of segue into like, what do we want out of a second season? I don't know. I agree with Mel. I'm not sure that I'd really want that to be explored. Not even just cause like who, of, of like all the things that were mentioned, but also because I feel that Star Wars is not the appropriate medium to discuss the, uh, well, that entire topic really, I, I'm not sure that it is a universe that would handle that subject particularly well or in a way that could not be handled better by basically anything else. Anyways, final thoughts. What are our vibes? Do we have any wishes for season two, perhaps? Because I've got one. 
if we don't if we don't see k2so what was the fucking point of this goddamn show i fear that is my my toxic star wars like i need to see a glup shit thing of like i I fear that's the one I just completely got L3 and K2SO mixed up in my head. <laughs> I was like, that's really weird. Why would K2SO be in this show? Isn't she busy hanging out with Lando? <laughs> that POV <feels> homophobic. <laughs> POV Phoebe Waller-Bridge appears in Andor. <laughs> the fleabagification of Andor, I'd watch. Who's I would the watch. sexy priest? Cassian! I was going to say Melshi. Oh. I was going to say Luthen. <laughs> No. Luther Rail is like I'm. I I've been followed by foxes my whole life. This is so scary. Wait, hot take. Wait, wait, hot no. take. Wait, it's Kino. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so true. But also, I did just have the thought. <laughs> Young Luthen show play, but he's played by Andrew Scott. Oh my no. god. It's like I'm young done. Sheldon, but it's young Luther. No, because no, I'm I'm seriously just thinking about the concept because I feel like I in this universe I'd really want. Well, uh, Cassie and Andor to be flea bag. Um, I'm just really into the idea of him turning to the camera and start talking. Alternatively, the flea bagification of one Mon Mothma, I'd be really tickled by. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> She's like, Parent has a parent, you're, you're gambling. No, he's not. <laughs> Mon bag, <laughs> flea, what flea mon, flea mon. Wow. Wow. Fleemon sounds like it would be a fucking Digimon. Hold on, there might be a Digimon named Fleemon. Oh my god. The Fleemon, the Digimonification of Star Wars. Um, <laughs> wow, what were we talking about before that? Final thoughts. Okay, well, my final thought K2SO is... K2SO was the point. We wanted to see K2SO, and then right, I made a right. jokey joke. Obsession. Um, yeah, my final thoughts, I really liked this. I feel like I didn't talk much in this episode about it but Luthen is one of I think the most interesting characters I've seen in Star Wars in a hot minute I also just really liked how he would like how um what's his bucket performed in that in the show sure Stellan Gios was really great in this one I (laughs) I loved really his whole performance I found it very compelling I found all the performances in this show uh quite compelling oh my god update from Jess that is a Digimon (laughs) that's really incredible Wait. Oh, so- wait. No. Oh, I misread that text. LOL. Disregard that entirely. I don't really know how to read. Yeah, I like the show, uh, but when everyone's like, oh, it's not like the rest of Star Wars, I'm like, okay, just because like filmmaking wise, it's a little different. It actually thematically fits with the rest of Star Wars, but also it is the most Star Wars in that it doesn't matter how good the writing is, it's still going to let you down representation wise. <laughs> Some, it's. The bar, the unfortunately, the bar has stayed on the ground, and it has not been lifted. Um, and it's very on par with the rest of Star Wars. And then I'm begging for, for scrap, scraps here. So you're begging for yeah. scraps? What? You're, you're begging for scraps? <laughs> Claudia. Damn, Claudia is horny on mains, and I normally that's my job. I'm kill yeah, you okay. People. I mean, don't okay. don't crucify us for just hearing what she said. <laughs> I'm sorry that we're attentive listeners, all right? I don't want to be like, actually, Claudia, you're wrong. Like, I do think that this show does take a lot of steps for, like, representation in general. Like, I think it has raised the bar on that front. I think the, it's just, it's a step. It's not a leap, you know? And they should be leaping at I, this point. I, I mean, oh, because it's I been agree, 50 I agree years. with Dolly, yeah. I, get I don't. It. I get oh, it. 
Claudia, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you at all, but I think it's like, oh, we have a more diverse cast. That's a great step. Can we maybe move that into the writing room and into production and into all of the other facets that go into creating a show, you know, and even more in the cast. Like, I, I think that, I think that that's more the point. That's the takeaway that we need to be having is like, that was great, but it also wasn't everything. Like, it doesn't fix everything. We need to make it better because we still can because there's room. In season two. I don't know if you guys have been noticing this on TikTok. I've been seeing a very scary evolution on my For You page. I think JoJo C was becoming a Hey Mama's lesbian. Oh, good before for her. Before our very eyes. Velsartha, you're next. Velsartha, so Hey true. Mama's lesbian. Wow. Velsartha is, Vel, is, is one top knot and visor away from that. No, literally. She is one snapback away from that. Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> It's really about to happen in a lot of ways. She, I can she, see it. She has one. She has one affair, One pair of men's jeans away from it. <laughs> of those fucking the ribs jeans that you can get That's at like it. any Marshalls. Yes. I'm so happy that you knew exactly what I was talking about. I liked the show. I thought it was good. Um, I liked all the parts that had all the characters in it. You know. No. Um. I love that part. Yeah. I did actually quite enjoy the show. I think something that we don't talk enough about is how good of a protagonist Cassian is. I think we've gone on on this show about like how good everyone is, and everyone is really fucking good. But Cassian specifically, like he and and um Diego as well, like Diego specifically, like has so much chemistry with every other actor in the show. And Cassian has such an interesting reason to be interacting with all of these other characters. He is such a strong leading man, and he is such a fascinating protagonist. And us seeing him go from being like, I'm in it because I had to get the fuck out of my house because I need money and I'm in severe credit card debt. He's just like to, me for real. <laughs> to being like, I am radicalized and ready to, f like, I, I'd rather, I'm going to either die or fight against the Empire. I thought that was such an interesting but also subtle progression like we truly got to see it happen and there wasn't a moment where he had to be like listen guys i'm really feeling this way like it just happened and i know like show not tell whatever cia training whatever whatever however i think that it was a actually a very good example of show it showing and not telling and we got to learn so much about cassie and without having it spelled out for us but also spelled out in such a specific way also on the note of like cassian being an excellent protagonist which he is um this is i don't know how to say this correctly but like i kind of forgot that he died what like it no like like insofar as one big thing people walked into the show talking about was like oh well the stakes don't really matter because we know that cassian perishes on scarif at the end of rogue one i really forgot about the course of this show because I found him such an interesting character. Like I was like, yeah, who gives a fuck? I still found it really compelling and like interesting. Um. Also, for those listening, the reference that Ollie was making was to the Iowa Writers Workshop and how a lot of the ideas in it were influenced by the CIA. Like show note tell. So, listen, the ops they're everywhere. When you start looking into it, they're everywhere. I'm sounding like Saw Gerrera, guys. And you're un being unfairly demonized. Um, okay, I was thinking about C Cassian originally. Yeah, there were a lot of people who were saying Cassian, like, oh, he's kind of boring or whatever. And I was like, um, where? He's so cool. But also, like, what Ollie said earlier about, like, all of the actors in this, not only were they, like, informed on their characters, but they were informed on politics and they, they really got it. 
obviously Diego Luna is the executive producer and like he helped shape the show. He was there every step of the way. Tony Gorey has talked about it a lot. And it was just very evident. Like he has that really good chemistry, whatever, because he like he understands he loves this character and this idea and all this so much. And it's very evident. Like, I, I mean, people were saying, like, oh, this isn't. This is the serious Star Wars. This is whatever. But, like, you can tell there's a lot of love there. Like, Tony Gilroy was like, yeah, I think that Cassian's mom should have a little dog. A droid that's a little dog. That's not, like, something that, you know, Lucasfilm put in there for merchandising. He was like, yeah, I think there should be a little droid. Right? Like, there's a lot of love there, whether it's for the characters or the world building and that kind of thing. Especially from Diego Luna. Shout out to the king. Welcome back to Is It Legends or Did I Just Make It Up? Let's go! It has been such a long time since we've done any other segment. Um, But yeah, for those at home who do not know what this is, um, basically, one of us in this case, me right now, um, will bring some fun little facts and the others will have to guess if it is from Star Wars Legends or if they just made it up. So yeah, that's um that's what is a legend or did I just make it up is so um contestants <laughs> are are you ready for the little facts i've brought i'm so ready i've never yes. been ready for anything in my yes, entire life and i'm i'm going to keep track but anyway this is uh the first one um in legends arrest tentacles were extruded from the nose of yuzon vong ships to capture and reel in enemy ships is that legends or did i just make it up i'll be real for a very real second um I was not prepared for where that was going to go really at all. And it was like, are we getting arresticles? Is that what's happening yeah, on the pod this evening? <laughs> that sounds like, okay, hate the name. But if I remember my very base level legends lore, that doesn't sound wrong. I'm going to shoot from the hip. Because if there's one thing about Star Wars, every single piece of it has tentacles. Every single piece. There was at least something involving tentacles. So Absolutely, it's got to be legends. I'm gonna say that you just to be a contrarian. Um, I think it's legends. Okay. All right, yeah, I'm. I also think I'm gonna. I'm gonna be clear. I think it's legends. All right. Well, uh, it is legends. So I'm sorry, Ollie. Yes. Well, that's it, guys. You guys didn't know this, but the loser of this game actually gets removed from the podcast and replaced with someone else. So. Okay. Here's um uh, um the second one. In Legends, there was um, a Celestin home guard who was a Commodore, and his name was Deeb. Absolutely, that's got to be Legends. That sounds so real. EBDB? Imagine being named Deeb. Imagine, that's just not very hard to imagine. I found that not so difficult, but... Deeb, like (laughs) D-E-E-B? Yeah, D-E-E-B. I'm going to say that you made it up. I'm, okay, here's the thing. I agree with Claudia insofar as that's a stupid name and Star Wars really is full of those. But I think it'd be funnier if it like came to you in a vision of some kind. So I'm going to say you made it up. I think it's Legends. And you're right. It is Legends again. We win. We win. Eve, I'm thinking about you. Hold on. Also, there is a 
character from High Republic Adventures 11 whose name is Deepko. <laughs> Deepko! So, so true. Yeah. Um, I just needed to get that on the record. Number three. In Legends, there was a Republic LAAT gunship um, during the Clone Wars that was called the Dooku Boot. And it actually had um, a little picture of Dooku getting kicked by a clone trooper boot. I'm 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 saying legends because I want this to be true so bad. I was gonna say legends, but then I was like, this 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 is a little bit too much Jess flavor on it. <laughs> was it George W. Bush that got a shoe thrown on his head? Yes, yes it, was. it was. Yes. Is this sort of like that? <laughs> but we're on the side of no, 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 no. Because are you are you comparing Craig Juku to George Goddamn? W. Bush? Well, well, only insofar as they'd both been hit with a shoe. I feel like that's a very, very broad Venn diagram, but... Um, They're both I, old white men. I do feel... Yeah, okay. I'm gonna say it's Legends because I agree with Ollie. I really want this to be true. I would go... I'd go hang out on the Dooku boot. I'd hang out with them. <laughs> I think it's Legends. Okay. I'm saying it's, it's not... I think it's Jeff. Well, Claudia, you're wrong because it is again legends. Wait, what? That's crazy. That... Wait. Oh my said, god. Where does this appear? Because I need to look this okay, up and see so if I yeah, can see a it picture. Appears in Star Wars: The Clone Wars Weapons Factory. Wait, that's Star canon. Wars... No, this is under Legends. Though, if it's too. but but if it's in the Clone Wars. No, there's a lot of um, Clone Wars content that we... they made Legends. Yeah. Like video games and shit. And... And it's funny, it no, says his... No, but if, if it's I in mean, an episode it of the Clone Wars... It does have, like, a canon appearance, no. but also has Legends appearance about it. And in the Legends stuff, it said that um, Barris Offy and Luminara and, and Dooley um, actually got to, like, ride in this um, this little this little ship, which is, that's not listed in the canon appearance. Good so for them. This, the Dooku boot I'm referring to is the one that is in Legends, where Barris and Luminara got to ride in it. I don't know. I don't think they ride in it in canon because it doesn't mention them in canon. Y'all remember the Sith dueling boots? Bring How those back. Forget? Let's bring them back. Okay. Here's uh, the second to last one. Cereals were types of seed from grass species of plants that were eaten and used as ingredients in food. I mean, that seems like it's Legends, but it's also canon, because we see Cyril eats them. I'm going to break my tradition and say that you made it up. I think you made it up. I'll say that I think that it's Legends. Okay, wait, what did Claudia say? So, I I said it, it I mean, it has to be real, because it's canon, too. No, no, it is. no, Claudia, Jess specifically said that it's a type of seed. The cereal seed? Cere Did you not hear what they said? I thought they said a food made from. I said was the type was <laughs> were types of seeds from oh, or from grass species of plants that were eaten or used as ingredients. I'm still gonna say that's legends. Yeah, that that is legends. <laughs> I I'm legends. really flopping in the town square. Yes, my final one, kind of um in a similar vote to that um crunchies or um or captain crunchies this is the the name of the cereal that 
we all see in Andor, it's, you know, brown and blue. Okay. Okay. That feels so nakedly made up because um, Father God is not with me right now as I'm trying to consider what the truth is. I feel like I'm trapped in a maze of some kind. I'm going to say that you made that up. I mean, okay, you said that it's the kind of cereal he eats in Andor, so that would be canon. So I'm choosing to say that you made it up. <laughs> I think you also made it up. I think you made it up. Uh, you're right about it being canon. But um, technically, it's not made up. That's that's real. Well, Wait, I'm flopping in the clown square. Wait, are you serious? I... <laughs> called crunchies. I just wanted, I saw the fact that they're called crunchies and stuff on Wikipedia, and I was like, this is really stupid. Crunchies? Where's the brandability of that? I'm... I really was about to just call him Cereal. (sighs) He likes crunchies. That's it. Who won? (laughs) Um, So, Claudia and I did tie. Okay, now you have to fight to the death. I was okay. just gonna say that. Jesus. Square up, Claudia. I've got a couple inches on you, so I'm I'm like in my <laughs> chances. Damn it. Um, Claudia and I recently met in person for the first time, and I was shocked by how short she was. Yeah. I don't I'm know why. Shortest, I'm the shortest person yeah. in the podcast. No, okay. Mel, honestly, same experience. I met her in person over the summer and I was like, oh my god, I really do have to look like straight down to talk to her. <laughs> It's uh, it's dark. I'm the shortest, but also the oldest. It's so dark in the chat. And Noah's the tallest, but the youngest. Wow, makes you think. I'm just Slay. a guy. I'm, I'm just, just a kid. kid. <laughs> <laughs> this was me when I was a baby. Welcome, everyone, to a new segment I'm calling Star Wars 3 a.m. Challenge Not Clickbait Real. Um, so true. Which is to say, I'm just going to kind of bring to you guys a concept via generated star wars character and activity and we have to list things that are true about the statement that i have just said if that makes sense it'll make sense to our listeners as as it happens oh sorry (laughs) it's star Star wars Wars don't Don't laugh Laugh, 3 a.m challenge not clickbait real welcome i have created a list of star wars characters and a list of activities for them to be doing we have to um using our words create poetry you you will get it okay just bear with me um the point is is all of us are going to be unmuted and the goal is we cannot laugh at the things that we are about to say so today i have to pose you to all a question what would cause eli vanto to black out okay all right all right wow wow um I'm going to say I was a joke. <laughs> what? You're, you know what? You're out. Fuck. Okay. Can I, just, can I just give an answer? Can I just give an answer? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What would make Eli Vanto blackout? Do you mean blackout? Not in the alcoholic sense, right? Like someone says something, you just like fall over immediately. It could be any. It's up to your interpretation as the artist. Oh. You're thinking right. about it too much, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say probably a self-driving car. I think he'd be afraid of that. 
Cole's Cash. EDM Music Festival. Amazon two-day shipping. Baja Blast. The Red Sharpie. Hooters. Kendall Roy Alien Superstar Fan Cam. Fruits Basket. Those male, like, tube things that you can stick posters in. Uh, um, Lemonheads. Iggy Azalea. I said a stripper jumping out of a cake I think would make Eli Vanto black out. Hey. Anime waifu body pillow. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, Claudia is out. I hate myself laugh. Jess, it's your turn. I'm X sorry. Noah's making a face that is. <laughs> I said expo marker, like the dry erase board markers. Um, the song "International Harvester." <laughs> it's. it's just... <laughs> I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. Right. Thrawn doing a flip. (laughs) Instagram slime video. Well, Ollie's out. So, all right, all right. This is for Swagapino Nation. Let's go. The white people have been escorted from the building. (laughs) The little, like, um, creatures that you drop in water and they grow. Okay, Orbeez, we're talking now. Um, The elf from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. The gay little dentist? He yes. is just like Eli if he was white. No, literally. <laughs> it'd be like it'd be like us. You'd see him and be like, that's my tether. A power raid. Sandals all-inclusive resort. Costco shopping. Steve Martin ho- hosting SNL. <laughs> Fuck, what is his name? Meeting Dave um what is that one British guy everyone hates that's like a talk show host? <laughs> James Corden. <laughs> I was like Graham Norton. <laughs> I was about to be Lots like, of. I was like P- Pierce Morgan. <laughs> so true. That one too. Um, Paul Hollywood. What? what? I'm sorry. Jess laughed. Jess laughed. I know. I was like, Jess Paul Hollywood. Mel, oh you win. God. I hate Paul wow. Hollywood. <laughs> Anyways. And apparently so would Eli Vance. Yeah. yeah, so much he would black out. <laughs> for real. He said Paul Hollywood gives Eli Vance a handshake and he just blacks out. He falls the to next, the ground. The next morning he's like, did I get a handshake? Or did that happen? Okay. He wakes up and sees a picture of himself handshaking <laughs> with Paul Hollywood. Okay, do we want to do one more round or are we good on yes, this? Absolutely. Okay, so that was yes, that was so funny. <laughs> Alright, here we go. Okay. okay. Welcome to my little game. What's gonna make Crosshair chuckle? This feels loaded, say, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say uh, the bunny is a rider. Caroline Politek official thong. Right. Um, I think fail compilations. The Joe Rogan experience. The six foot tall Home Depot skeleton. Blackpink. Um, wow, that was really moving. I'm gonna say, uh, any time a person wearing a flip flop steps down and it gets stuck to the floor and then comes off their foot, corgis, family guy compilation, they're taking the hobbits to Isengard, 10 hour loop, hands <laughs> under tail. <laughs> 
I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Claudia's Jeffree Star out. I'm gonna say the Jeffree Star apology couch. Um the the vine boom sound effect. Shane Dawson TikToks. He what? He so true. Just piss. Getting an Instagram reel. Coupons. Watching a child trip. Just did a tripping one, yeah, but specifically a child. Like I think that's important. He'd see a ch- it happen to a child, I be agree. like idiot. Um, pickles. <laughs> um, the the early two thousands film robots, but specifically the character Big Weld. Crumble cookie. I have to remember this will make him chuckle. Yeah, the new flavors every week. He's chuckling like, huh, like. Haha, I love I love this flavor. I love the s'mores flavor. I feel like you'd like the s'mores flavor. Finding out Dr. Oz is running for Senate. Probably make him chuckle. That one specific um shot of Remy Ratatouille when he's running past Linguini's food and like is throwing up, like gagging. Ollie is barely keeping it together. I'm holding on for dear fucking life. A PDF of the Geneva Convention. You know those videos from, like, Disneyland of, like, Star Wars characters, like, doing the Macarena? Videos with distorted audio. Like, that that sound like, like, bass-boosted videos. That one vine that's with that kid that's just, like, Hurricane Katrina, more like Hurricane Tortilla. Ollie! <laughs> they're, not not they're, they're not laughing. They're not laughing. They're Maybe not laughing. Maybe Claudia wants me laughing. to get out. This is um, so hateful. Um, <laughs> white on white crime. A bottoms for chromatic a crop top. Uh, the the entirety the entire concept of the show beat Bobby Flay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Beat I'm out Bobby just Flay like, that does you in. You guys are watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> My theory. Um. Uh. Oh my God. Uh. Really, at this moment, every single thought cleared out of my mind. I got nothing. Do I lose? I literally can't come up with anything. I, f- I feel like yeah, that feels. Like I feel like yeah. Eliminated. <laughs> eliminated. The swagapinos are back at it again. Reading anything from IKEA aloud, like the name of it. Um, those pictures and videos of uh, priests baptizing babies during the pandemic with water guns. Um, videos <laughs> videos of SROs doing dances. Oh, <laughs> the little like um, the the staples button, but instead of saying like that was easy, it just says nut. Littlest pet shop AMVs. <laughs> Furby holding a knife. Squishmallows. Um, fucked up long Furbies. Ooh, that would make me chuckle. Flurby? Um, long Furby, first of all. Fuck you. Second of all. Um, why was I like spam Masubi? I don't know if that's true. Dicks and dots. Like... Okay. He would see that and be like, <gasps> I know what it is. Minion memes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crosshair's oh. posting minion memes on his Facebook and that's how the rest of the Bad Batch knows he's still alive. No. <laughs> oh, wow. He's putting min- posting minions memes about his haters. 
Elmo's beef with Rocco. The texture of jello shots. They're wobbly. Pictures of Kermit the Frog. When people do back handsprings. <laughs> what the fuck? When you take a screenshot of like a person and they're moving, like kind of deal. Mm-hmm. What um, an image. Uh, uh, I forgot the name of the band that does this song, but Sandstorm. Darude. Darude. Wow. 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 I want the white people in the room knowing <laughs> Darude. That's a lot about society. Is Darude. Is that something white people don't know? I don't about? know. It's that we were the ones who knew. It's our culture. Oh, okay. I get it. Beans. Okay. I don't know why I was going to say this because he's not quite of this experience. Wajian memes. Swagapino memes. So true. Sunglasses that like have like the the thing where you can remove them. I'm trying to break Jess by just shock value and it's really not working. The battle of wills. No, truly. I Ham feel burglar. like a... <laughs> <laughs> Crosshair versus the Hamburglar fight. fight. <laughs> Those ads from the early 2000s um, for ravioli, where it was like the... Or was it Campbell's Noodles? Yeah, it was Chef Boyardee. Chef Boyardee. Those ads from the early 2000s where it was Hillary Duff telling people not to use the word gay as a slur. When you say gay, do you know what you say? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she cleared. She cleared. Finger puppets. The one meme I really like of... Girl, help! I'm sexualizing a senior citizen, or my my mutuals are sexualizing as a senior citizen. Jess, was, that a, was that a giggle? I just that was a giggle. I don't uh, think it was a giggle. I've heard a couple. Yeah, I I because <laughs> I started thinking about it, and I think that means really funny. so true. <laughs> oh my god, Mel, Mel! It's nothing that Mel does. It ends up being myself. That I know exactly. So I almost <laughs> laughed so many times at myself. What would cause Cantum side to have a childlike tantrum? I thought you were just gonna say would have a child. to have a child. I also was like, "What well, would cause?" Well, two have people really love each other. Probably. Oh, I was gonna say probably like have a child get attacked by a giant bird. Yeah. Oh. Too. Okay. What would make Candace say have a child like tantrum? Um. <laughs> Noah, you are already laughing. You've yeah, got to cut Noah. it out before the okay. round starts. Okay. All right. I'm. I'm calm. I'm collected. I'm gonna say the texture of a paper cup. People blowing vape smoke in their face top 10 lists where they don't agree with the number one option twitter donald's happy meals i'm gonna steal one of jess's answers from earlier and say the hamburglar um the film atlantis yoda slander on the tl at least say it at least say what it was it gonna be i can't the gay cop from on Okay, okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right, <laughs> okay, right, right. Okay. Um, whiteboard marker squeak. Um, the the remake of Suspiria with Tilda Swinton, but specifically the, the fact that she plays an elderly man in heavy prosthetics. The nebulous concept of the Olsen twins. Zootopia abortion comic. Old 2021... The story of JFK's brass coffin. Cards Against Humanities games that last just a little too long. Stepping on an ice cube while you're only wearing a sock. I I relate to that. Uh, 
games of Uno that last too long. The 2019 Tom Hooper production of Cats. Toe rings. The last scene of the Alfred Hitchcock film Psycho. The Les Miserables movie. Rebel Wilson. Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card. Trying to grow a plant, but it dying. When there's no shopping carts. When they make mac and cheese, everyone around them says this is what good pussy sounds like. The idea, just the idea of reaching for an M&M and it's actually a Reese's Pieces. Popcorn that is not, that is burnt. Don't know why I said that is not. Popcorn that is burnt. There we go. We came around. Those sugar cookies that have the frosting on top. Pop rocks? Finding gum under a desk. Gangnam, Gangnam Style by Psy. Okay. I can't believe it's not butter. Roblox AMVs. The Sims 2. Those sticky hands that you get that you like. Yeah. Like swing. You like swing out that stick onto things. The Minecraft villager noise. Clocks that are not set properly after daylight savings. Chiropractors. Finding out Dr. Phil had his medical license revoked. Right, right. When they go to a McDonald's or like any fast food place and they want like a uh, an ice cream cone or an icy or like a slushy and they're like, oh, the machine is broken. Locktober. When people pee on like the like the rim of the toilet and then don't clean up after themselves they're cooking and they drop a bowl on the ground and it breaks and all the ingredients go everywhere and they're trying to stab a straw through a juice pouch or juice box and it just is not stabbing through public hot tubs the wizards of waverly place movie a pencil sharpener that keeps fucking up the pencil. When people flick their pens too much. Seagulls? The skin color crayon. When they really have to go to the bathroom, but there's a line. When they go to return something to a store and they're like, oh, we can't give you your money back, but we can give you store credit. When they go... To use Noah. a screwdriver. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing when they go to use a screwdriver and they grab the wrong kind. Indoor trampoline parks. Having a shoe size that's just in between 10 and 10 and a half. Those blue talkies. When their local coffee shop is out of oat milk. When people break mirrors in front of them. Huh. I mean, yeah, I get it. When the children have, when 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 a child has a childlike tantrum, they're like same, so true. Feeding off the energy, I see. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I'm we have to get it back to you. I think we have to start getting faster. I think if you can count to like, go one one thousand to one thousand, and a person doesn't answer, they're out. They're out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Chucky e. Cheeses. When there's a live band at a bar and the band is bad. When the person you spent send a Spotify link to listens to Apple Music. Doctor Who. People put their pets in clothes. The Tom Gray Cruel Summer Edit. 
when people cut in line. Wait, not the Supernatural series finale? Am I the asshole Reddit posts? <laughs> That's what got you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm out. I right, can't do it go. anymore. And then there were three. Um, when they scroll down on TikTok and see an episode of Family Guy above a Flash game. Abby Lee Miller. When Elzar talks about Avar. Any episode of Real Housewives of any season. Toe socks. Dictionaries. Those shoes that are shaped like your feet. Games of Monopoly. In a similar vein to Noah, the, the socks that have the little toe compartments. Toe compartments. Didn't Mel just say toe socks? Jess, oh, I wait. think you're out. Oh, I, I oh think no. you have to be out. Did Mel oh my say God. toe socks? I did say yes, toe socks. Mel said toe oh, socks. I'm like, out. I think oh it's God. I think but also, what Noah, okay. Noah described is also toe socks. No, no, no. no. Those, Those are feet shoes. shoes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, feet um, shoes okay. versus toe socks fight. Okay, fight. Uh, the concept of long johns. Um, You know how Ariana Grande does that thing where she like, keeps her fingers at the edge of a hoodie and like oh i hate that too understandable bad air conditioners when people make their children perform in pageants um when they're trying to get through their day but all they can think about is the scene from smoke signals where he says hey victor white people with dreadlocks venice beach um the papa john's discourse people with more than three gym memberships that is a real person that exists. Damn. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. When you do, um, you know how, uh, uh, fruit by the foot or yeah, fruit by the foot had like those tongue tattoos. When you do it, but it doesn't transfer right, so it's just nothing. The word protein. Brooches. Poorly knitted mittens. When people say something's handmade, but it's clearly from a store. Anthropology. Ooh, interesting. I d- see. I feel like it's a cop out to say Urban Outfitters, but it also feels real. So I'm just gonna say a third, even worse thing: Walmart bathrooms. The word Maxinista. Okay, I think when people talk about Hamilton in a like a like a woobifying fashion, people who don't take the tags out of T-shirts. Um, people who buy jeans with holes already in them i don't know if that's true about them to be q to be yeah i fear they may have been an offender of that they might have been an offender in their young many days. years looking out at the crowd of a phoebe bridgers concert i've lost the plot of the movie noah i think you win yes oh my god noah my first wins. victory Play. wow wow claudia's this, dying this is huge honor claudia gonna, is dying i'm literally I think we dying from this game that claudia <laughs> It's really bad. There were a couple times where I really did almost lose it. I think the best one for me was probably when Ollie said the knowledge that Dr. Oz got their medical license revoked. (laughs) So we're chalking this episode full of segments because we've heard the complaints. We haven't had enough segments during Andor. We have three segments for you today. This is the last one. This is everyone's favorite Name That Ship. It is where one of our hosts will go and find a fan fiction or someone will send it to us, as is the case with this one. We will read the tags, some of the info about it, and our co-host will try to guess who the fan fiction is of. 
I would like to say a thank you to kate.w.501 on TikTok for sending this to me. Our submissions are open. Do we want to get into it, guys? Let's get into it, yeah. I cannot tell you what the title is because it will immediately give it away. Um, it is important that this was from 2021. That is relevant. So this is character A slash character B. Character A, character B. Two other characters that I'm not going to say. Alternate universe, Star Wars setting, rare pairs, like really rare, woke up with this idea and had to write it down ASAP. Ridiculous. This is why we can't have nice things. One shot. And here's the summary. What if this 2021 movie happened in Coruscant rather than London? Wait, what came out in 2021? A curse pre-Phantom Menace. Okay. So okay. I, why can't this I is I a character what came out in 2021? No, this is a this is a film that we have joked a lot about the beach from old no it is not old okay um, wait can i ask a clarifying question london. yes and so this is a character is not th in london this is a character from something else slash a star wars character okay it takes place gotcha. right before the phantom menace and this is, is a movie that came out in 2021 yes correct so craig it's dooku. not tar starring kate blanchett it's not tar it's Fuck. not it's it is craig dooku in it it is not craig but you're i feel like you're in the right vein you qui-gon jinn no. Obi-Wan Kenobi. No. Is like it a Jedi? You say Kenobi and like it's that. not a Jedi. Dark side force user. Yes. Savage Press. No, but you're both so close. Palpatine Press. Wait, wait. Jess, did you, what did you say, Jess? I said Maul first. Yes, it is Maul. Oh, God. Okay. It is, it is so Maul, Maul slash a character from something else. And a from London a, boy. From, mm -hmm? is it a man or a woman? It's a woman. A woman. From the Magnus girl. Archives. Yeah, it's John from the Magnus Archives. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Magnus Archives 2021. You know? The wait, film. Wait, what came out? In, why can't I not remember films that came no, out literally. in 2021? It's just, guys, it was horrendously bad. Did Okay, and we joke about this a that lot. And she, is, and she is the main character. I don't know how much we've talked about it on the podcast, but we've definitely talked about it in our because, own personal as, lives. Yeah. Hmm. I'm sure we must have talked about it on the podcast. Would you classify her as a woman that I would go to bat for as an evil fucked up girl boss? So absolutely. God, that does not narrow it down really at yeah, all. Yeah, like that could but... be anyone also. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say they could. Mm, okay, here's this. I'll give you guys a hint. Mm -hmm. They're owned by the same parent company. As like oh. Disney? Yes, this is a Cruella! Disney. Yes, this is Cruella oh DeVille. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wait, 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 wait. I think I brought this to the okay. podcast before. No, you I have not. You definitely no, you have I not. swear to god, I thought you did, but then I thought you didn't do it. You might have you, yeah, found that's have, true. I, I, have, no. I would have recalled it Cruella it was so slash mall. Okay, wait. That's incredible. Is there a scene where is it similar to the film where her parents get pushed up a cliff by so, dogs? Let me read you the summary. Yeah, what are the donations? What if, what if Cruella oh, what's, what's the title? Listen, listen. It's called Core <laughs> It's called Core World Cruella. Oh, it's, it's a bad. What, what if Cruella 2021 happened in Coruscant rather than London? And yes, there are Dalmatians, Chihuahuas, and Street Terriers in this Coruscant. What is Cruella without her dogs? A cursed pre Phantom Menace. Any phrase, any um, phrases you recognize from canon? Anything I borrowed for character authenticity's sake? <laughs> This is, in, in a lot of ways, I think, akin to the Bible. It's sort of, if it were a drink, it would be the wine Jesus made from water. Like, what? wow, that's really incredible. I, 
I'm obsessed with this. Like, thank you for sending this. <laughs> wow. Cruella slash Maul. That what? means Emma Stone gets to hang out with Darth Maul. Hmm. La La Land, but it's Emma Stone and Maul. Okay. <gasps> <laughs> so true. Maul does a tap routine. I need someone Maul to draw a- that in. Maul is appropriating jazz. Yeah, Maul is Darth Maul is saving jazz. He's loudly explaining what jazz is whilst someone is trying to play jazz. Thank you so much for joining us this week for RuPaul's Pod Race. For updates, Star Wars news, our reactions to High Republic Phase 2, and way more curse shit, follow us on our social media at RuPaul's Pod Race on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Tumblr. If you want to ask us a question, feel free to send us a question to our TikTok Q&A, our Tumblr Ask Box, or email us at RuPaul's at gmail.com. And if you really love the show, please consider rating and reviewing our show on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, or Overcast, and tell a friend who might be interested. It really helps the show. We're going to take a little break post Andor, but don't worry. We're going, we're just going to be moving to a bi-weekly release schedule. Look out for a holiday special on December 18th. May the force be with you and don't crip it up. Waka waka. Waka waka. Waka waka. waka. waka, waka. waka, waka.